Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, this week's episode is awesome. Uh, my guest is Jeremy Nicolaitis, and he is the founder of Golden Octopillar. Um, he's a third generation um, Hollywood person. Like he's been in Hollywood for working in Hollywood for years and his dad and his grandfather also worked in Hollywood. So it's a pretty neat backstory that he has that he shares. Um, and his tagline's kind of not tagline, but he shares that, you know, all business is show business. And so we really kind of dive into marketing as far as storytelling and how to use, you know, Hollywood's strategies, but in, you know, our own businesses, um, because they use pretty tried and true um, strategies that we can also adapt and use in our business. So it's a really fun marketing episode, and I hope you really enjoy it. Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, this week, I'm excited to talk to another marketing uh, person in the marketing industry. <laughs> I was going to say nerd, but then I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't call him a nerd. Um, hey, nerds are cool. <laughs> I know. It's a rad. I totally want. Um, but yeah, my guest is Jeremy Nicolaitis, and he is the founder of Golden Octopillar. So thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, and uh, thanks for the drink, too. That's yeah. first for me. Awesome. Not a first drink, but first on a show. I know, yeah. And a lot of people are like, when they book, and they're like, wait, why do you need my address? I'm like, well, because I send it to you. And they're like, no, what? I'm like, Pro- I promise. I don't want, like, I'm not going to show up on your doorstep. I just want to send you some booze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're lucky I still have this bottle. Yeah, I know, yeah. Well, you've been so busy, like you said, that you had to reschedule, which is awesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, no, I cannot wait to hear about your background, um, the you know, Hollywood glamour. And I just actually watched yeah. um, one of the movies you said that you were you helped on, like Godzilla and Kong, maybe? Oh, yeah. Godzilla vs. Kong. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just watched that with my son like three weeks ago when he was sick. And I was like, dude, this is an awesome movie. <laughs> like, Good, I had right never now. seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler, kind of a spoiler alert for anybody listening that hasn't watched it. But it's it's very much a Kong movie. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah. It is. But, Which I'm okay with. Like, I, I like, I think yeah. I liked Kong a little bit more than Godzilla, but so anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, right. so, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to hear before we dive into, to what you're an expert at, I'd love to hear your journey, you know, how you've gotten to where you are now and have you always been, you know, kind of in marketing Hollywood, all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. You know, my story, uh, kind of relative to, to what we're talking about started, um, really it started early two thousands. I, was an out of work illustrator. And um, my dad was like, hey, I know this guy and the, he's a visual effects producer. You should go talk to him. And I'm like, dad, I've got an illustration portfolio. I have like ink on paper. <laughs> Wait, like you want me to go talk to like a visual effects guy in the movie business? Now, and also I should say like my family is deeply rooted in the film business, right? So I'm like third generation in my family to be 
working in the film business. But so long story short, I go meet with this producer and I'm like, hey, you know, I got this. And he gives me this entry level job of this super, super boring job where you <laughs> have to go through frame by frame and paint the hairs and dust off of film scans because back then everything was still shot on film and whatnot. And so it's a very tedious job. Yeah. But, awful. <laughs> yeah. But everybody was working on a 3D movie. It was actually a ride film for uh, Universal Studios Osaka. It was Sesame Street 4D. Mm. And I was like, wow, people actually make money wearing 3D glasses and doing this cool stuff. And I was I was super hooked. And so I just dove in and with the 3D image and like, this is where you put on the glasses and stuff's like flying at you. Right. And, um, and so I just climbed the ladder and, and climbed to the top to being a stereographer who's somebody that oversees all the 3D to being global creative director, chief creative officer. And um, at one point I was kind of burned out. You know, we had built this one company from 50 people in LA to 3,500 people worldwide in, in 18 months. Wow. And, I was exhausted. I was so tired. And I got to this point where there was, I didn't really feel any kind of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the company was good. They treated me good. It was this like, quote unquote, dream job, right? Like I'm flying around the world, meeting with, you know, directors and, and executives and, you know, going over to the Harry Potter set and meeting up with George Lucas and like doing all these like really, really cool things. Yeah. But I just didn't, um, I just didn't feel fulfilled. So I walked away and, and I bought a print and marketing business and uh, boy, let me tell you, I had no idea what I didn't know. <laughs> I was super confident, but that was, that was me really just diving in the deep end, learning how to swim. And um, I don't suggest anybody learns how to swim that way. Right. Yeah. The, the learning curve is a little steep when you go at it that way. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, it was brutal. I mean, we honestly, like I thought we'd, we were, it, it, it was a business that needed to be turned around. And I knew that, but I was confident that I was like, okay, I'm getting this business for a good price. I'm going to be able to turn this thing around. And in four to six months, I'll have matched my previous income. Everything will be great. And next thing you know, we're a year into it and we're out of money and the credit cards are full. And I've already borrowed money from the bank and already borrowed money from the family. And we ran out, ran out of money again. And we had no idea how we were going to pay rent. And it was, um, it was really, really scary. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. But then, you know, looking back, it's like your journey. I'm sure that you've got to be like, wow, you know, I did that. Like I went through that and, you know, now you're here and so busy that we have to reschedule podcasts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely becomes one of those things where you're like, oh, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. But when yeah. you're in it, like you have no idea, right? The things, <laughs> right. things that I learned, you know, drastically altered the, the course of my life, you know? Yeah. Totally. I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. And so when was that year that you walked away and bought the company? That was 2014. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And I've since sold it. I, I eventually, you know, it was, it was actually, it was a podcast like this. I, I, I was going out and, and going to meetings and going to meet with clients. And while I was in the car, I ran out of, um, I ran out of like, books on tape or really, I guess it was like books on CD at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I didn't like have money to buy more. And I was like, Oh, let me check out podcasts. It's so funny to think of like a world where like podcasts, you don't really know about them and you're just kind of checking them out for the first time. Mm -hmm. But I started listening to podcasts and it was like, Oh, 
look at this. There's all these, these shows about, you know, business and helping people like myself and being able to learn from other people. And, you know, that led to me joining a coaching group and then going to a mastermind. Mm -hmm. And that's really what turned everything around for me as I started learning from other people who had already walked the path, you know, in front of me. And, um, and I was able to turn around. I was able to get that business to be 80% passive Mm -hmm. and get out there and start building other revenue streams. That's awesome. We love that. I know. Yeah. It's, the, the working with other people and the masterminds and the coaching, you know, like that's just such a big, a big way to turn your business around or even to like really just launch the way you want to, or, you know, get started. Like, I think, I, I feel like sometimes it gets like a bad rap, you know what I mean? Cause everybody's yeah. like a coach. Um, right. but it's like, if you can find the right one and somebody that's done it and like can show you that they've done it and will show you like, that's awesome. Yeah. We might be a little oversaturated with coaches, yeah. you know? I've actually started to change my titles and not use the word coaching, even though it's the same thing. Same. Yep. I've done the same thing. Right. The fractional CMO is is essentially the same thing, right? Because an executive that comes in, you know, a fractional executive is, you know, a part-time executive, but they don't, you know, your executives aren't in the trenches doing all the stuff. They're advising the team. They're yeah. telling the team what to do. And it's the same thing with a coach, right? Instead yeah. of being one-on-one with a person or with a group, you're one-on-one with a company. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of noise out there and uh, yeah, we have to, we have to navigate that. Yeah, totally. Um, but I love your goal and your mission. Um, I was reading it before we hopped on Um mm-hmm that you're going to double the sales of a thousand businesses in five years using Hollywood's growth and predictable sales strategies. So can we learn more about that? Sure. Absolutely. You know, um, I set this goal because I just wanted it to be something that I had to figure out instead Mm -hmm. of saying, Oh, I want to grow my business or I want to help more people. It's really, how can I help a thousand people or thousand businesses in five years? And, you know, you ask yourself, crazy questions or big questions. And then you start to, to have a fun and big and crazy path. Right. Um, and so, yeah, the, the predictable stuff, you know, it kind of started with, it, it first started with understanding that, um, media has been decentralized essentially, right. Where, you know, I'm on your show right now, right. I'm not on, you know, Jimmy Fallon or somebody like that, but it's the same thing, right. I started looking at how we, we market movies, right. And we've got, teasers and trailers and billboards and radio interviews and TV interviews and magazines and newspapers and previews and reviews, all this stuff now, because, because there's so many coaches out there for so many years have been telling people, you got to have a podcast. You got to have a YouTube channel. You got to have a following on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest and LinkedIn and TikTok and all these things. So what that's done for, for us and for, for small business owners, for entrepreneurs, is we can now market our business like you can market a movie, right? We can start using these strategies that Hollywood has refined for a century, for over mm-hmm. a century now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, you know, Godzilla vs. Kong. I worked on that last year and I worked on Dune and this animation called Rumble. And um, when these films start to come out, right, we see a teaser trailer, right? Just yeah. a little something to say, hey, something's coming, right? And that's that's just a little a little clip. It might be you know similar to a Facebook or Instagram story or a TikTok video, right? Something like that. 
And then as you get closer to some kind of event in your business, you have a trailer and it's a longer form video on social media, right? And then of course, we've got images and our posts and our, our billboards. Um, but right before a movie comes out, what happens? We start to see the talent. They start showing up on the morning shows, right? Mm-hmm. And the late night shows. We're seeing them interview, like I was saying, Jimmy Fallon. You know, we're seeing this pattern and they're getting out there telling their story. They're talking about it and they're driving people to go see a movie. Mm-hmm. Well, we're doing the same thing, right? I'm talking to you because we have similar um, audiences and avatars and ideal clients. And so it's the same thing. I, I'm going on your show, talking to your people, and people are becoming aware of me, right? Mm-hmm. And then I share your show on my stuff, and people become aware of you. And we're doing the same thing. And before you know it, if you set up you know, a, a pattern, right, if you get into a nice cadence with this, you could do you know, two to four interviews a month that's going to get you in front of, I don't know, anywhere from... 40,000 to 100,000 people, depending on how many people listen to a particular show, it's your ideal customer, right? And so it's like, wow, you mean for the price of four hours of my time, I can speak to 100,000 of my ideal clients? That's that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So I was just like thinking of like, I love the analogy and I've never thought of it that way because, you know, everything that you're saying, like, you know, the YouTube or like a, like a shorter trailer or, you know, the different podcasts, like just everything that you touched on, it really is such a awesome marketing strategy in such a dripped way, but it really does just mirror what they do in Hollywood. And I've just really never thought of it that way. It's, it works so well. And then what, so then, you know, a lot of shows, they go live on, in, they go live on like LinkedIn or mm-hmm. YouTube or, you know, even if it's shot on Zoom, I could be, I didn't do it this time, but a lot of times I set up my camera on my phone and I just point my phone at me. So anytime I do an interview, I have sound clips, I have quotes, I have different things like that. And then I have a VA who cuts it all up for me, right? And Mm -hmm. creates quote cards for my Instagram, basically creates teasers and trailers and billboards and all this stuff. And that goes out onto my social media, right? Mm -hmm. And she'll put, you know, five posts a week on Instagram and five posts a week on Facebook and then schedule two months down the line, swap those, the ones that were on Instagram, you know, this week will be on Facebook two months from now. And you just start to build this and then you have your content. And then when people look you up, you begin to become this A-list celebrity business instead of this, you know, so what nobody knows who you are brand, right? Mm -hmm. Because nowadays all businesses show business, right? Like people look you up and they look online and they look to see what you're doing and it needs to match and there needs to be activity and it all just kind of works together. And, and this particular strategy, it doesn't take up a lot of your time, right? Mm-hmm. But you get so much out of it. Yeah, totally. Cause I mean, you, you can repurpose the various types of content so many different ways, you know? Right. And, and I love too, that you touched on like brands, like, because I think a lot of people forget and I feel like it's getting a little bit more, um, emphasized for us to have our own personal brands, which we have one anyway, whether we know it or use it or try to mold it, you know, people have their perception of us. And it's so important. um, I feel like, especially now, just because we're all in you and we're all telling a story one way or another. So similar to Hollywood, we're all telling our own story in our own way. Absolutely. And if it's not about us personally, it's about our product, our service, our business or something, right? We have to tell a story to sell something. That's what our copy is, our marketing copy, all that stuff. It's, it's, you know, people aren't buying, you know, people aren't buying how we do stuff. People are buying 
what life is going to be like after they have our product or service, right? That's what we're selling. We're selling the outcome. And the best way to do that is through story, which again, then relates, relates back to Hollywood. Yeah, totally. Okay. So for people that are like listening and they're like, well, I'm boring and my business is kind of boring. You're like, how do I tell a story? You know what I mean? Like, do you ever run up to that? Like where people are like, I just have nothing, you know, I can't make a story of this. I don't really have a brand. Like, where would you tell them to kind of start, you know? Yeah. I would start to look for um, a problem or, um, you know, some kind of message, something that you know, you got to start with the end in mind, right? What mm-hmm. does your customer want? What are they, what life do they want after your product or service? And I, it doesn't matter if it's solar panels or, <laughs> you know, you want to be a mega rich entrepreneur, like whatever it is, somebody wants something, right? Yeah. So we have to start there. And then what, what are the problems that people have either trying to get that or, getting buying that product and service for somebody else right so i would start to look there and that's where the story evolves so it doesn't necessarily have to be you it could be mm-hmm. a story about somebody else about how you know their life was terrible and it was upside down and <laughs> the world was crashing in but then they got these solar panels and now they don't have to pay for their power bill and they're doing good things for the environment whatever happens to be triggering that market and that particular client. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And you can totally, I mean, it does not seem like you've worked in Hollywood at all. Like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Turn into like trailer voice. Right. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) But I think, you know, and I didn't, I didn't coin this phrase, but you know, your, your, uh, your message is in your, your mess is your message, right? Like what's messy? What's the problem? Right. Yeah. And then start there. And if it's not your personal story, then it's somebody else's story or it's a, it's a, it's a fictional story. Like you can make up a story. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really it. And then, you know, there's a, there's a flow to that story. You, you know, you talk about, you kind of start out in the normal world. What's life like for somebody who doesn't have it. And then, you know, you, what's the opportunity, what's something where if they, they, somebody who took this risk, they wanted this one thing, but it didn't work out. Right. And it became problematic and they had these issues and they had to, they had this uphill battle, but then, you know, they got this product or service and life was different and Mm -hmm. here's the outcome. Right. That's a really like just basic story structure for a movie, but it could be about your product. It could be a few lines in an email really. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so. I guess it, what it boils down to, whether it's your story or your product story or their story, like they're looking for something to connect with, right? And that story is the way for them to connect with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. They don't want to know, you know, how many thingamabobs make up a product or <laughs> right. how many, how much work you can, nobody wants to know how much work it's going to take, right? Like every, it has to be come across as simple, Mm-hmm. and easy and achievable and relatable, right? Yeah. If we can hit those things, then people are more likely to move forward. And it allows us also to be very clear, right? Mm-hmm. Like we need to be very clear with our messaging to get people to buy our stuff. Right. Yeah, totally. And it, that's, you know, <laughs> that's that's hard. It's kind of harder, I think, than we think, like to make it clear, like we think we're being clear, But um, like even for this weekend, I ended up doing like a running challenge and I posted on my stories every time I would run. It was like for four hours, for 48 Mm -hmm. hours. Mm -hmm. And then I had so many people, right? And they're like, what challenge are you doing? And I was like, really? Like I thought I explained it, but I clearly (laughs) didn't because I had four people asking me what the hell I was doing, like running at midnight, you know? And I was like, ah, this is such a good example to like 
really kind of, I don't know, try to be like a little more focused as to the underlying, like the clear message. Super to the point, right? Yeah. Like I'll look at copy and I say, okay, what words can come out? Mm-hmm. Right? What words can come out? And then also people skim, right? Yes. People are just skimming and going really fast, right? And so how do we, how do we stop them? And get them to actually read. And, and um, you know, I was actually working on some copy a few hours ago. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just said the same thing three different times, three <laughs> different ways in, before you actually scroll the page. And then I'm like, no, people need this because somebody might have missed it here in the upper left corner. And then it's right here in the title. And then it's by the button. Like, it just has to be there. Mm-hmm, totally. So what do you think, like, grabs people's attention more? Would it be, like, the images first or the copy, you think? Mm. Or I both, think it depends on the person. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think we have that's why we have to do both, right? Yeah. Um a lot of times with like the news cycle, I'm just scrubbing headlines real quick, right? And you can mm-hmm. tell which headlines they're just trying to bait me to click. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so they don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, what are the solid things? And then sometimes in other places, I'm just looking at images, right? Like when I like scrolling through um uh Instagram. I'm never reading the stuff below. I'm just looking at the pictures, looking at the pictures, looking at the pictures. And then, you know, if it's a video, I turn on the sound and listen to it. Um, where there's other places I might be only looking at the, at the words, you know, and maybe it depends on what we're actually looking at. What are we looking for? So it's, it can, yeah. I think it's different per person, but also individually depends like what you're interested in and what you're searching for. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause I feel like on different, you know, I, my browsing kind of mood is different on like LinkedIn versus Instagram. You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. As or like, Amazon. Yeah. Right? Amazon, totally. All pictures. And mm-hmm. then I get to the words. Right. Exactly. And then the reviews. And then it's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> right. 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 And then it's the reviews. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> um, awesome. So, this is like one of my favorite questions. And I'm super excited since you're in marketing. Um, okay. Like, what is your favorite or like your most effective way that you like to market your business? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, and I have in the past year have tried so many different things. Um, right now, my f- absolute favorite way is partnering with people. Mm-hmm. And so reaching out and it starts with stuff like this, like getting on podcasts and um, you know, recently I was on somebody's podcast and then we did a and a in her group. And then a week later we did a, a webinar together. That's nice. a lot of fun. I'm working with another woman right now. We're putting together, she does, um, she does anthology books, right. For, um, uh, entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs. And so each, each female entrepreneur gets a different chapter in the book. Right. And it's, the goal is to become best-selling author and all that. And she really wanted to amp up her business. And so we went through it and we looked at it. And so instead of just offering, hey, you know, you can be a best-selling author, we're actually making sure that every single one of these authors um, has, you know, a great foundation to their business, that they're monetizing this opportunity as much as possible. Um, so from, from the chapter and to what they, all the stuff they get on the side, when they come through at the end of this, they're getting way more than just the best-selling author title, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm having a lot of fun with that. Uh, right now. And I, I just think partnerships are the future, right? Yeah. Partnership is the fastest way to grow your business. Um, it's like right now, right? Like I was saying earlier, if we're just talking about going on other people's platforms yeah. and being able to speak to a hundred thousand of your ideal clients every month for, for free, mm-hmm. imagine if you started partnering with those people, right? Imagine if somebody called and said, Hey, I want to be on your show, but 
I want to put an offer together with you. We're going to do it together and we'll drive traffic to it and it'll be amazing. And next thing you know, everybody's, you know, providing value and making money. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I've meant to get on more podcasts and make more collaborations. And so now I'm just writing a note to like do it again because yeah. I've just been meaning to. So I'm glad you said that. But yes, the book thing too. I've seen a lot of those in the last, I don't know, I want to say like year or so. And they're awesome. Yeah. Like they just make so much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had to take a sip of champagne right there in case anybody was wondering what I was drinking. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. Um, getting on the shows is huge. Um, and, and partnering with people. If you think about um, Apple, right? When did, when did everything really change for Apple? Well, I guess we can name a couple of times like, oh, the iPod, right? And then the, the iPhone and all that. But everything for, for Apple, when they just really, really exploded and became you know, this trillion dollar company and biggest company on the planet, it's because they started partnering with people outside of their business, right? They said, if you build an app for my, for our phone, I will give you the majority of the money, right? Oh, and I didn't know that. Born, right. They're partnering with people. You can sell your product on their, on their digital store. Same thing with Amazon, right? Yeah. It's not Jeff Bezos just selling books anymore, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can, I can, well, I can write my own book and he'll sell it for me, but I can create anything. I can create, you know, a, a, a metal pencil that floats in the air and, and he'll sell it for me. And I get the majority of the money, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's your own little marketing machine. Cause you have all these people doing the work for you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, Amazon is it's at what it's Google, Amazon, and Pinterest are the three largest search engines on the planet. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I tried explaining to my so kids the other day that your... Amazon was just books and it looked a lot different. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, it used to be white and green and just books right. only. And they're like, oh, yeah. <gasps> And we it's couldn't so get funny. it the next day either. <laughs> oh yeah. I went to, um, I was in Walmart a couple of weekends ago and, uh, I hadn't been in like a store in, in over a year and certainly not like a Walmart or a target or any kind of store like that. And my wife called me and I'm like, Hey baby, I'm at Walmart. And she's like, cause I, she thought she would think it'd be funny. Cause like, I'm the type of person I get into a busy parking lot. And I'm like, Nope, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. I don't need it. I don't need this. And, uh, she's like, what's it like? I'm like, it's like Amazon, but you can touch everything and pick it up. And it's like so funny. Our, our worlds are so upside down right now. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. The last two years, I can't believe it's been two years already, you know, yeah. that it's finally lit. Well, we're, I don't know how, we're, how about where you are. You're probably similar to us. Like we've still had a man, like a mask mandate the entire time. Um, and so we're finally getting it lifted on Friday. So it's kind of like, whoa, I'm going to like see people's faces again. Like it's yeah. been so long. Yeah. For us, it was in LA, it was last Friday. Mm. And yesterday I went to an event that I hadn't been to in two years. It was March right before the first COVID shutdown. Mm. And everybody was like, oh my God, it's so nice to be together. And that's what everybody kept saying was, it's so nice to see the bottom half of your face. Yeah. Wow, yeah. It's so nice. You know, right. I'm dropping the kids off at school and like, I'm never quite sure if I'm like, is that the parent I saw on the weekend right. at the birthday party or not? Because now they're wearing a hat and glasses and a mask. And I don't know. Do I say, hi? I guess I'll just say hi to be nice, but I'm right. not quite sure if it's them or not. Yeah. It's like t been a total change in how we recognize people and, you know, connect with them now. But well, yay. Well, um, okay. So 
What do you do to get out of your comfort zone to help your business grow? And do you have any tips on that for the listeners? Yeah, well, I think um, being comfortable, you know, being comfortably uncomfortable or getting comfortable being uncomfortable. I think finding yourself in an uncomfortable, uncomfortable state is pretty common, right? Mm -hmm. When you have your own business, when you're a small business owner, an entrepreneur, it's your you, you want to push things, right? We, we have to yeah. push things to grow. And um, especially when we're starting out, you know, I'm a big believer that we need to get off the, our own org chart as quickly as possible. Like, and what I mean is I don't want a position in my business, right? I don't mm-hmm. want my business to rely on me. Um, and the first thing we do when we start a business is we give ourselves a job, right? We get stuck in this like implementation cycle. Yeah. I'm doing right? everything. You're doing everything, right? And it's like, you're either the person who's doing the stuff or you're managing the people doing the stuff. And both of those um, are, you're just continuing to trade your time for money, right? And so the goal wasn't to give up the 40 hour work week for the hundred hour work week, right? The goal was was success and freedom. Mm -hmm. And to do that, we need to get up above, we need to get to the point where we're we're making money, you know, communicating with people. We were using our mouth, we're using our imagination, our mind, our money. And so the business works underneath us. So when I start looking for which way I'm going, it's that way, but it's always uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. When a communication, like when I started doing podcast interviews, I was so nervous. You know, mm-hmm. I would set up, I'd have post-its all around me of like potential sound bites and what to say and to remember and like, Oh my goodness. Right. And then, you know, after a couple dozen of them, you're, you're just, it's great. You have a conversation with somebody like this and we're talking and, and we're providing value, but it's kind of scary to get out there and, and then to just use your mind to put some kind of, you know, offer some kind of growth strategy together and then step forward doing it. Right. And so I, the moral of that story is that we have to be confident in ourselves, right? We have to believe in ourselves. And anytime we're not, anytime where I'm feeling down or depressed or quiet or, you know, uh, self-conscious about what I'm doing, I know that I need to take a break. I know that that's not my normal mindset. Mm -hmm. And so I either need to take a nap. I need to meditate. I need to take a walk outside. I need to go be in nature. I need to go do something else and take care of myself to get that passion and that energy and that bravery and that courage back so I can continue to move forward. I love that. And it's so important too, because, you know, I feel like a lot of times as business owners, we'll just kind of brush that by, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I've got this to do and I've got payroll and, you know, I've got another interview. So we don't take that time for ourselves that we really need to every once in a while. So yeah, I love that you shared that because it's so important. Got to take care of yourself. Cause that's another thing we're doing. We fill our time with busy work. Yeah. We feel like if it's not hard, it's not right. If I'm not grinding it out, it's not going to work. Like it doesn't have to be hard, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to take a long time. It might, both of those things might be true, but that shouldn't be the default. Don't right. let that be the feeling that tells you you're successful. Oh, I'm burnt out and tired. And I got up at five o'clock this morning and I worked until 10 o'clock tonight. That makes me successful. No, (laughs) that's going to make you tired Mm -hmm. and sick. Like you're going to end up sick. You're not going to be successful and free. You're giving up your life and your health. And and we just can't do that. Right. So we got to take care of ourselves. Yeah. 
I love it. And the other thing that you said too that I love is about putting together an offer, you know, and like, I feel like I see a lot of those, but then I see people putting it out there and, you know, they don't, again, kind of similar to the whole coaching thing, maybe not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but like, I feel like I constantly see like, oh, my, you know, my six figure launch and I just, you know, did it in three days or, you know, like these kind of unrealistic expectations sometimes. And so people pull back and they're like, oh, well, you know, I only got two sales, you know, and it just uh, kind of to what you were saying, be confident in yourself to know that, hey, maybe next time you're going to get five. Like it does take longer sometimes. Yeah. I'm not saying people don't have six figure launches, but you know, just there's so much work that led up to that six. Yes, yeah. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Like, so much time and energy went into it. And sure, some people get lucky, but the majority of us don't. We have to test everything. Yeah. And so you have to put it out there. You have to put stuff out there so quickly to get the feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a good example of that was in December. You know, I had this idea to do this um this five-day challenge, right? Everybody's doing challenges. Yeah. I'm gonna do a five-day challenge. And I forget the the exact title of it. I'm kind of looking around to see if I have anything written on anything, but it it was a while ago. Um, And it was basically to to get your business into this state of predictable growth and predictable sales, right? Like you said, I'm like what I want to do and how I'm helping people. And I thought, great, this is the way I could do it. By Wednesday, by day three, I could tell that I had gone too far too fast. It's too much information. It was too all over the place. It wasn't refined and specific enough, right? People didn't know that I was doing this running challenge, right? Like people like, so people in the group and and I was like, oh boy. And I'm like trying to change it as quickly as possible. And how can I help these people? And, you know, I learned so much from that, right? Had I not done that, I would not have learned what I learned that week. Mm -hmm. Right. And at the end of like the idea of a five-day challenge is that you to sell something, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't even make an offer. It was such a wreck, <laughs> a train wreck that I just like, okay, I'm not making an offer. I just need to try to help these people as much as I as much as I possibly can, right? Mm-hmm. But what I learned from that, I was like, okay, so how am I gonna adjust? I didn't stop. It was like, okay, what did I learn? How do I keep going forward? And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take this one thing I did on this one day and I'm gonna turn it into a master class, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna call it. Um, model movie marketing. And I'm going to talk about going on other people's platforms and about teasers and trailers and billboards and interviews and all this stuff, the stuff that you and I were just talking about, but I'm going to make it super simple, super clean, super achievable, and make sure that they get a win during that masterclass. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have them log into Facebook groups. I'm going to have them post that they want to speak on somebody's platform. So by the end, they're either getting responses or within a matter of days, they're getting responses and actually doing something. And that never would have happened if I hadn't taken that risk and done that five-day challenge and fallen on my face. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I love that you reframed it like that. And, you know, like you said, you just learned so much and you wouldn't have known that had you not tried. Right. You know, I that's the that. thing. Everybody's trying to make things perfect, right? And we yeah. talk about you got to take imperfect action as quickly as possible, but it's true. You know, you yeah. can learn from a coach, you can learn from a book, you can learn from a university, but until you actually get out there and do something, 
you're you're you've stopped you've you've stopped your education right the mm-hmm. education continues when you take action because you need the feedback from the world to tell you if your offer is working right. right i don't care if you're a print shop selling business cards there is a process that's going to work and then it's going to change and you need to talk to people and you need that feedback and you're going to refine it and then it'll become easy and then you'll have a six figure launch and then you can be like hey everybody <laughs> i did this six figure launch in like 3 days right, <laughs> right. uh I think we got to be careful of all that stuff, right? That's another thing. I think that's also why, you know, like coaching is kind of getting a bad rap is there's too many people out there selling this perfect thing, right? Yeah. And yeah, I I totally agree. And I've helped a lot of people over the last few years that have been burned and not just the coaching. I mean, it's the marketing industry too. It's any, any industry, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, just, I mean, I guess that just goes to, you know, making sure that that person or company is really a good fit for you, you know, and doing due yeah. diligence and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, awesome. Um, okay. I'm down to your favorites. Five like okay. quick questions. Um, what's your favorite book? That's such a big, big question. I'm actually turning. I'm like, there's tons of books behind me. Um, I think my favorite book um, sorry. It can still... be more than one too. You can, okay. you can also say more than one. I'm going to, everybody needs to read this book that I'm about to, to share with you. And it's called U Squared. Are you familiar Ooh, with that one? No, I haven't even heard of it. U Squared by Price Pritchett. Hmm. And it's about taking quantum leaps forward and that we don't have to take incremental steps. Right. Ooh, yeah. And I think so many people feel like they have to take step one, step two, step three. And it makes sense because we went to school and we had to go through grades one, grade yeah. two, grade three, and then we got an entry-level position and we climbed the corporate ladder, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you don't have to do it that way. And uh, so this is just gives you another way of, of thinking about things and moving forward. And, and so I really, I really like that. The other one that I just, the last one I read, I'll just give you one more, um, which is a super old book and it's The Science of Getting Rich. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, yes, I have. I've read The Science of Getting Rich. And then I also did, um, Bob Proctor has a program of it where he uh. k- kind of like, he doesn't narrate it, but he paraphrases it. But then he also mm-hmm. just really goes into the laws of the universe and like ways to do things. Yeah. It's it's awesome. Like that program is fantastic. It's a book on manifestation. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. where like the secret came out of that, out of this. And yep. I thought I was buying some business books. And I'm like, oh, I got to read this. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is everything that we hear about in term, terms of uh, manifestation today goes back to this book that was written like a hundred years ago. Yes, it, totally. It, it's nice um, to get back to the root of information. Yes. There's another one that I got. It was actually listening to Bob Proctor's The Science of Getting Rich. He talked about it. Um, it's called um, In Tune with the Infinite. Okay. And it is like I've just listened to it on Audible, like on repeat for like the last six months. Um, it's awesome. So I would highly recommend okay. doing that one, too, if you really liked The Science of Getting Rich. Like, Yeah, I got to check yeah. it out. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what's your favorite drink? It can be anything too. It could be water. We've had all kinds of answers. <laughs> I'll give you two. I'll give you a non-alcoholic and an alcoholic <laughs> uh, margaritas. If somebody's going to ask me for what I want to drink, like at a restaurant or something, it's margarita, no salt. Cadillac, mm-hmm. no salt. That's my go-to. Nice. Um, but I'm also a big tea drinker. Um, 
my wife and I love tea. We have tea every night, like before bed, you know, I'm a big fan of, of the loose leaf tea and just finding all these great flavors and smells. And there's our two go-tos at night. One is called um, sweet potato pie and it's (laughs) absolutely delicious and yummy. And the other one is lavender buttercream. You can get them both at David's tea. Here's my affiliate link. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) They're delicious. Uh, so those are my favorite drinks. Yeah, those sound awesome. Um, what's your favorite thing to do to relax? Um, I'd say uh, hang with my family, but that's not always relaxing because I have a two-year-old and a six-year-old. Ooh, uh, those are busy so ages. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. But I think for me, honestly, it's I live across the street from the beach. So mm-hmm. just to be able to go put my feet in the sand, to take a walk, to meditate, to just really disconnect um, that does a lot for me personally. And so that would definitely be my favorite, you know, it really helps me recharge. Yeah. There's just something about the beach, you know, and the water and the wind. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing to watch? Or since, you know, you're from Hollywood, what's your favorite movie? Could be either one. Oh boy. You know, (laughs) such a big question. Um, I guess it's kind of like the, the books. It's like, what was the last thing I watched? (laughs) What, you know, is it a, a comedy? Is it one from a long time ago? Is it, a, you know, I, I would say my ultimate favorite movie of all time would be Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, I've heard and, of it. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's fun. It was shot in 3D, you know, ages ago. And so that also sits well with me since I'm a big 3D guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, at night we're watching stuff like the latest season of uh, Mrs. Maisel is out. And so we're mm-hmm. loving that. Um, I love gardening shows and um, like home renovation shows. And yeah. uh, I'm a big fan of Discovery. Discovery Plus is is my go-to. They've got some good stuff. Yeah. There's so much on there now. There's like yeah. 15 different channels in one streaming uh, app. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and lastly, where's your favorite place to travel to? Oh, wow. Um <laughs> Another really big question. I have traveled a lot. I've, I've been fortunate enough to, because of my dad being in the in the film business and then myself, we've, I've definitely traveled all over the world. Mm. Um, I like the tropics. I mm-hmm. like being on an island with that nice tropical breeze, warm water, nice people, you know, fresh food. Margaritas. Margaritas. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's always the go-to. My wife and I, we'd our honeymoon was in Bali. We love Bali. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Now I'm just like dreaming of margaritas and islands. <laughs> it's like wet and cold here. Oh yeah. No hammocks, <laughs> ocean breeze, margaritas. Right. You can't go wrong with. Yeah. This. No. It's like the recipe for perfection. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got a year-round tan line on my feet from my flip-flops. <laughs> That's awesome. I only wear shoes if it's really cold, or I'm, or I have to dress up. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yay. Well, this has been so much fun. Um, Where can everybody connect with you more? Like uh, social media, website, all that good stuff. Um, Golden Octopillar. That is the easiest way. Golden Octopillar on Instagram, Facebook, Um, goldenoctopillar.com. I'll put that in the notes too. Yeah. My name or my business name. And and all of a sudden, tons of stuff starts showing up online. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. This has been such a fun conversation. Yes, I, this has been great. 
and uh, and thanks again for the for the beverage. Yes, anytime. Yeah, well, make the rest of my day a little bit slower, but uh, that'll be all right. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we're gonna have to connect again more. Um, you know, talking about all the collaborations and partnerships and stuff. So now, right. we're like, oh, how can we keep working together? So anyway. Yeah, but yeah. I'd love to have that conversation. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. This has seriously been so much fun, and thank you for sharing um, all of these strategies in a way that was easy to understand. Because I really feel like the listeners will be able to digest that and now take it to you know use to grow their business. So thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day, and thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. Jeremy shared so many great tips on storytelling and marketing and how to use Hollywood's oldest strategies um, in our marketing today. So if you'd like any help with your marketing, if you're not really sure what to do or where to get started or how or why you're even doing it, um, I'd love to connect. You can check out my website at nb.marketing. There's free resources there. There's a few different options to work together. Um, there's a whole bunch of podcasts on there and all that good stuff. So uh, check it out and let me know if you have any questions. We'll be back next week.